Welcome to the God's Eye Production Podcast. This week's podcast is a little different. It'll be a little shorter in some ways. Um, This is more personal, so I'm going to share a dream that I had, and I'll give you a little context with it. So first, I'm going to start off reading the relevant verse, I believe. So this comes from Luke 16, verse 19, all the way to the end. The rich man and Lazarus. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores, and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died, and angels carried him to Abraham's side. Some translations call it Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades, where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, because I am agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you is a great chasm that has been set in place, so that those who want To go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered then, I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. For I have five brothers. Let let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said. But if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets... And they will not be convinced, even if somebody raises from the dead. So that's a pretty sobering verse. So the title of this episode is Call to Action. So I had a dream that really disturbed me this morning. And so I'm still kind of in the emotional state of it of processing. So I'm hoping that this will also give you a call to action as well. It's been on my mind all day. Currently there's a storm moving in above the workshop here. It's supposed to be pretty bad so it's kind of fitting that this is happening now and it's been really hot today. So basically what came, what this came from is I was having thoughts and doubts. So the basic tenets of Christianity teach that there's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. But when you do some more research and you get too much in your head knowledge, because I think at one point in one of the episodes I talked about head knowledge versus heart knowledge. So we never want our head knowledge to be built up more than our heart knowledge. And that's always a fine line to walk, and it's always been a struggle for me because I like getting information, but the more information about God I get, the further away from God I seem to be. So I always try to pray, my head knowledge is increasing right now, I need my heart knowledge to increase as well. So this basically was research on Caesarea Philippi. So I can uh, put a little bit more information in the show notes about it, but basically this was where Jesus said, um, where Peter recognized that Jesus was the Messiah, and he said, um, upon this I will build my church upon this rock, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell were a real place in Caesarea Philippi. This is where they had lots of temples. You had to have your obligatory temple to Caesar. You had to have that no matter where you worshipped. There was a place for pan worship. 
There was a place for all the other pagan gods to be worshipped, and they would take sacrifices, specifically human sacrifices, and throw them in this cave, and that's where the gates of hell was considered to be. And so I was struggling and thinking, well, maybe, you know, it's just a metaphor for where we'll be, you know, to help us with spiritual discipline. So, no, (laughs) no. And just a disclaimer, if some of my listeners are turned off by this message, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be obedient to what I think that God has taught me to say. So here goes nothing. So what is interesting about this story, there's a lot of parables above in this chapter of Luke, but this is the only story where a name is mentioned and all the other parables that Jesus told, there weren't specific names mentioned. So a lot of theologians believe that that makes it not a metaphor, but literal interpretation of what it is. So a lot of people are raised in the church of love and everything, and love is a very integral part of the community of believers, but we also don't need to neglect hell. And if that turns some of you off to this podcast, go with God. But this is what's been laid on my heart, so here goes my dream. It started off like a Seinfeld episode where all the characters were joking about hell in prison. So basically, it's a prison-looking place. This was like they were going to film a commercial explaining it to everybody very poorly because media doesn't look into theology. They just do the cliched version of hell, which is wrong. It's wrong for various reasons, but a couple of years ago with the church, I did a video in 2020 about hell, and basically as the pastor was narrating, I added special effects and stuff like that, so that was the version that they were going to go with for this version of hell, but then it changed. Around the movie set, it got darker in a light, and there was a blue burning fire. So fire and brimstone. Brimstone, when sulfur burns, it's actually, sometimes emits a blue flame. So the characteristic of hell, the big version of hell with the volcanoes and all that, that's more the lake of fire. But there is a great video that explains the parts of hell very well. I'll put that in the show notes as well. It's by Alan Parr and the Beat. But anyway, for the purposes of this, we'll keep going. I felt intense pressure, like my whole body was vibrating with chaos. I heard screams. I felt some of the heat from the blue flames. It was shaking my whole body. It was like my whole body was vibrating. If you've ever been to a monster truck rally, that's an indoor monster truck rally, how loud it is and how you vibrate as the monster trucks gear up into the high gears, it's like that, but multiply it by like a thousand. I said, Jesus, I don't want any part of this anymore. Don't let me go. So that references the episode of The Chosen where Simon Peter is walking on the water and then Jesus calls out to him and he grabs him when he starts to sink and then he says to Jesus, don't let me go. I said his name over and over again as the screams and vibrations from all the people were still shaking me intensely. I ended up crying. There was a map from the part where Jesus opened hell up. I could hear my wife and I could feel her presence, but I couldn't see her or touch her. I was trapped on a bridge. It was implied that this is where my body was shaking from all the screams from earlier when hell was open for just a minute. I tried to open my eyes, but I couldn't. I knew I was kind of in between dreaming and not dreaming. So that's kind of, if I were to describe a spiritual state and I'm not 
I'm not speaking here about the occult or anything like that. I've just noticed that when spiritual things are happening, whether it be at a church service or something in general, and any time that it's spirit-filled, it's like you're in a state between being asleep and being awake. It's kind of the in-between state. And I think that that's kind of where the spiritual state is in our consciousness and our existence. But I knew I was in between, so... Not that I was like still awake and half asleep or whatever, but I knew that you know I was still within the spiritual realm of things um, because we're supposed to be amphibians. We're supposed to be, you know, in this world and also in the world to come as well. So it's kind of being an amphibian kind of makes us go back and forth. Anyway, um, I couldn't see her, I couldn't touch her, I could hear her, and I could feel her presence around me, but I couldn't get to her. And that was terrifying. When I woke up, I saw my wife sleeping and she woke up. I grabbed her harder than I ever have, almost like in a death grip because of all that happened in the dream. This is the true terror of hell beyond the eternal torture, the eternal separation from all love, not just your loved ones, but all love. And no matter how hard you try, you can't get across the bridge between you and everybody else that ever loved you, including God. So that is my call to action. Now, this isn't just meant to shock and scare and all that. There is a place for that. This is to get serious. So, discipleship is about increasing in our recognition, following of Jesus. That's what God's Eye of Production mission is. But part of our mission, too, is to see people who are lost saved. And that also needs to become one of our focuses here. Keep praying keep believing for those of you who are already saved and you're waiting for your family to come in keep praying keep believing because that is a heavy burden to have lost family members and to know that that chasm is there keep praying keep believing god keep trusting it's hard to trust i know it's so hard sometimes but just keep believing and trusting and just remember god is absolutely sovereign over all over this crazy world over everything that's happening, over Satan, over us. The next breath that I'm about to take after I finish this sentence that I'm finishing is because God allows the next breath to come. And I just took another breath and he allowed that breath to come. Everybody has that common grace because if suddenly Jesus were to stop, you know, this world would stop spinning, the dolphins wouldn't be able to move, fish would not be able to migrate, we would not be able to breathe. So there is common grace there. So take comfort in that, that there's still hope. But ultimately, people have to be turned. Pray for their heart to be turned towards Jesus. And pray for God to open a door for the people around you. You know, going to somebody and being like, oh, you know, this and that, what that person said on the podcast or whatever, that's not going to do it. That's not going to do it. You're a sinner. You're a whatever. No, that's not going to do it. Pray for God to open a door. And when you're around the people, let your light shine. Let your light shine, and God will open the door. And I'm going to work on this. I hope you do too. So, again, this is a call to action. So I hope that for those of you who confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that He was raised from the dead and you will be saved, that's all it takes. That's all you got to do. The, the basic part of the gospel is that we're all sinners. Jesus came to eliminate the sin, not sins, but the sin of the world, and that through his 
death and resurrection, we can be saved because he was the perfect sacrifice. Everything that he went through, and he was tempted, he didn't give in to it. He was the Messiah. He was Yeshua HaMashiach. The Messianic Jews call him the call him Messiah. They don't call him the Messiah, but they call him Messiah. I hope that this has shaken off some things. I've become too comfortable. I'm going to really try hard to shift our focus a little bit here. Um, and I hope that you're able to come back and revisit this. I hope that you're able to have a reorientation. This is more of a reorientating podcast uh, for me. Um, I'm being genuine with you. I'm still shook up from it. You know, it just happened this morning. I have not slept well. I have been wrestling with this all day. I have been off and on in tears, and I'm not trying to be dramatic here. I'm just trying to emphasize that when there's strong emotion associated with something, it's time to listen. So I hope that you listen. I, I really do. I hope that you pray for those in your family who are lost. If you're lost, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. Jesus was raised from the dead. He'll be saved. Hold on tightly because that bosom that they talk about there, I could do more research into it probably later and maybe put them in the show notes. But that eternal separation, I think, is more scary than anything else. The absence of love is not hate. The absence of love is indifference. And to be in a place where you're separated from all your loved ones because of pride or whatever else is keeping you from just accepting Jesus as your personal Savior, that's scary. And that has eternal consequences. And this is not a sinner at the hand of an angry God podcast. That is not why I did this. It's just to wake us up and make us love each other more so that we can be on the other side of the bridge and not the side where we can't get out. Be blessed, and I'll see you next time.